freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 299 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is The Gun Rider, and our guest is Lee Williams, better known as The Gun Rider. Lee has been writing about guns for more than eight years. Until recently, he also worked for editor and investigative reporter for the Daily Newspaper in Sarasota, Florida. Before becoming a journalist, Lee served in the Army as has earned three medals of valor during his time serving as a police officer, and now is reporting... Wow, am I messing that up? <laughs> She'll edit that out. And for his reporting, Lee has earned more than a dozen National Journalist Awards. That's awesome. Thank you for your service, first of all, Lee. Absolutely. And welcome Oh, thank to you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It is really good to be here. I've heard a lot about you from some really good friends. I was anxious for this interview. Uh, thank you. Well, and right back at you, I, I had a couple friends reach out and they were like, you know, if you haven't yet, what's wrong with you? <laughs> And fix it immediately, interview Lee Williams, the gun writer. And I was like, okay, it's happening. So thank you so much for being My here. My pleasure. So um, you have recently uh, changed direction, shall we say, in your career, in, in this wonderful mm -hmm. year of pivot being like the big word in life, right? Uh, let's say right. maybe you pivoted. Tell me about your new platform, what led up to finding a new a new pl pat platform and um, why you chose that particular platform? Well, I worked, uh, the, the company that owned my newspaper was called Gatehouse and Gatehouse was kind of young and kind of a bit of, a, we were a bit of renegades, renegade-ish if that is even a word. <laughs> and uh, it was fun. Um, back then a former editor uh, decided that we should all write about our passion topics too kind of on the side, you know, start a blog about this, start a blog about that. One of my coworkers has a nationally known, had a nationally known blog about UFOs. He had a tremendous number of following. So I've always been very passionate about guns and the second amendment. I mean, I literally said in writings that I don't remember ever not shooting. I started at a very young age and I was, uh, you know, drawn toward the army and then in law enforcement, I was a firearms instructor always been passionate about guns. So I started a, a gun blog, which later morphed into a standalone website. And the people in charge of Gatehouse loved it. I mean, the, the vice president in charge of news was the guy who initially gave me the green light to start the damn thing. And uh, my editor, my boss, my direct boss, my direct report, he loved it. We all, you know, it was, it was, it was fun. It was passionate. It was a good time. Then Gatehouse purchased Gannett, and Gannett has a very bad reputation in the journalism community. They're extremely left-wing. Uh, I mean, they're left-wing even 
there, even other journalists considered them very left wing. So when they found out that one of their editors um, was writing about guns, and I should be clear, Gatehouse bought Gannett, but we put them in charge, which was a very stupid mistake. So they're extremely liberal, extremely anti-gun. After all, this is the this is the newspaper chain that published a map in New York State of people who owned guns, a searchable digital map. If you remember that, that was several years ago, and the gun community just exploded. How dare you do that? Well, when they found out that one of their editors in Florida had guns, it was time to part ways, or wrote about guns, it was time to part ways. So I, I, I left under, you know, I didn't really have a choice, to put it mildly. And I, they killed my old uh, gun, gun website. It was, that was thegunwriter.com. That came down, as did 99 podcasts that we had. Um, so I, I reached out and found a new platform called Substack. And Substack is relatively new, and it's a way to monetize your writing. Uh, they're very pro-writer. They support us in a, a myriad of different ways. I've never had such support through the Substack community and from the Substack company. Um, and, and they really have your back. So uh, people can subscribe to my website now, which is thegunwriter.substack.com, or they can, you know, they can subscribe for free. They can subscribe for five bucks a month, fifty bucks a year, a hundred dollar founding membership. But everybody gets the same amount of content, you know. Start it for free um, and stay free. Uh, you'll see the same thing that the, the paying members have. And I think our, our sheriff here put it best. Um, He's incredibly pro-Second Amendment, pro-gun here in Sarasota County. I am untethered from corporate media. So uh, we've got some open field running in front of us. So and they, it feels really good. So you, so your company bought the com a company, and then you let that company run your company. And didn't, yeah. they den didn't they deny at first that it was about because they were liberals and having to Oh, yeah. 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 And they, they have never denied it. They have never gone on the record and said, well, you know, we, we didn't do this because of guns. They have said that some of the allegations weren't true. But, you know, your initial uh, reaction was 100% correct. We bought them and then put them in charge of news. The problem with Gannett is that it's run by a bunch of English majors who aren't very good business people. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, the, they're tearing down newspapers across the country. It's really kind of sad as a lover of freedom and the and someone who venerates both the first and second amendment it's really sad what they're going to what they're doing they also got rid of my boss on the same day mm. and he had been for 28 years oh, wow. well it's one thing to you know show someone the door or to say listen right. you know our values don't align and and we would just prefer to to part ways it's another to take a body of work you know the years yeah. and the hours and the you know the passion that went into that body of work and just hit the delete button i mean yeah what really upsets me what's really upsets me most about that is there were a lot of profiles on, on other veterans mm -hmm. and uh some legends in the gun community here and some of those guys aren't with us anymore yeah. and you lost and all your records too didn't you they didn't give them back to you nope everything's right. gone they killed it all yeah that's so awesome and, you know, what's weird is that in this digital age, we're, we're trying to teach the younger generation that, you know, uh, anything you put on digital form, it's forever, right? Yeah. But 
but then when the things that you want to have that last forever and somebody can just delete them and, and they don't exist yep. anymore, that's, that's so, so sad. They're gone. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I, I heard, uh, Lee, I just heard recently your story uh, with Ben Sapero. You were on the show with him, weren't you? Yes. And, and, and I heard that story and it really made me angry as I was driving down the road that uh, they, they could come in and do that and then take away your, your history and it's gone. It's all that work that you yeah. put in put and you've lost it and you have to rebuild from it. That's even worse than just letting you go. Absolutely. Well, we are rebuilding with a vengeance. Good. I, I love it. And I, I want to say that Gannett owns the Arizona Republic. Am I right about that? I Does think, that I, th I know they own some major company here. And, and I know that our- Yeah, they do. Yeah, our biggest newspaper here in Arizona, the Arizona Republic. Yep. I know they're oh. left-leaning. Now that we're, you know, connecting those dots, it's like, okay, now it's making okay, sense. Okay, so note to ourselves: if we buy another company, <laughs> Don't we run the company. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it only makes good business sense, right? For yeah. sure. All right, well, the next thing I want to dive into is this little topic. You know, probably not a lot of people have even heard that there's this uh, thing, this uh, it's actually called a fact sheet, a fact sheet, which is interesting. The Biden-Harris administration announces initial action. So that's that's yeah. a telltale sign right there. This is just the starting point for this administration. Initial actions to address. Now get this. Oh my goodness, you're gonna love this. It's so much emotion. Like I almost have to grab a tissue to to say the rest of it. Uh, it's an epidemic, right? Well, why oh, would it be an epidemic? Okay. It's an epidemic because they were just able to get away. Uh, the people that hate our rights were just able to get away with a ton of uh, rights crushing behaviors and regulations and laws because they, they use the word epidemic. It's not just an epidemic. It's another public health epidemic. And what is the epidemic? Apparently, they're trying to say that it's gun violence. So um, huh. holy cow, I, I, I need a tissue just to get through all of that. And then uh, to start reading, well, what is it that they see is is going on out there and how are they going to make us safer? Lee, can you dive into that and tell us how all this is going to make us safer and for the children? We need to be safe. Yes. We but do for the children. We have to do this for the children. Well, mm -hmm. I have, as, as someone who values their liberty and freedom, when I saw what he was doing through executive fiat, uh, I, I almost fell out of my chair. I mean, this is why we have public officials, why we elect public officials is to make these decisions and, and for accountability reasons. But what he came up with the other day, going after the alleged ghost guns, which is a scary term that they like to use. I mean, terrified just even hearing it. Oh, ghost guns. Let's start there. Um, Americans have been building guns in their homes since before there was an America. It's 100% legal. It's 100% just. There's no problem with it. Obviously, the regulations come into play if you want to start selling them. But to build guns in your home is about as, you know, it's actually older than this country. There's nothing wrong with that. And I have had discussions with senior law enforcement officials since that press conference. Not one of them can name a single crime that has been committed with the use of one of these ghost guns. They're not, these criminals are not buying the seven ton press. You need to build and bend AK receivers to make a firearm. They don't have the technical skill. They're not investing in thousands of dollars worth of tools to go out and build a gun without a serial number. 
they're getting their guns the old-fashioned way. They're stealing them or they're buying them from other criminals, period. End of discussion. The most striking thing for me about that whole press conference, and we knew in advance it was coming, was the announcement of the nomination of David Chipman. Mm, mm, okay. Mm. All of a sudden, it was, uh, it, 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 things got really serious and, and extremely hazardous for the gun community. I mean, not only is Mr. Chipman a 25-year retiree from the ATF or AFT, as President AFT. Biden referred to real time, pretty sure was the American Federation of Teachers, the Teachers Union. Um, Mr. Chipman has worked for two of the largest, the best known and the best financed gun control groups in the country, Giffords and Everytown for Gun Safety. He is an he is a pro-gun control, anti-gun activist. And putting him in charge of the ATF or AFT, whatever you want to call it, is should be criminal. I, I wrote a column about that in which I said it's the equivalent of putting Howard Stern in charge of the FCC. It doesn't make any sense. It's a slap across the face to gun owners. It is going to result in a lot of more regulations, which also, which always infringe upon our Second Amendment and constitutional and God-given rights. So we that need to folks remind. That incredibly angry. We, we need to remind everyone listening to call their senators and tell them that if they vote for to nominate this man, that they're also voting for gun control. Exactly. There's, there's a bunch of them out there that they want to vote for gun control and they want the cover. But there's some that don't. And they're gonna, it's going to reflect their voting next year if they're not careful. Because, exactly. So we, if we tell them, if you vote for him to nominate him, that we're not voting for you at all, period. It could make a difference. Good. They need they need oh. to not nominate this guy. Confirm right. Him or whatever. And I've always said when you're contacting your public officials, phone calls are good, emails are better, but an actual letter written on paper and signed is the best. They're more difficult for these uh, Senate staffers to ignore, and they carry a lot more weight when uh, a political figure gets an actual written letter. So that's the best. And and when you talk about uh, this Chipman guy being uh, presented, the, the very idea that someone like him is even an acceptable candidate tells yeah. us everything that we need to know about the rest of these initial actions, in my mind, because even if this guy doesn't get passed through, because he doesn't just work for these Bloomberg-funded anti-rights groups, he's a policy advisor for them. Exactly. Exactly. You're going to give that the power of the badge. And so uh, even if he doesn't get that uh, nod and go through, the next person will be just like him, just not as public. So it's, it's harder for us to pick apart and, and explain why you don't give someone like that the unfettered uh, authority that comes with this unelected regulatory body called the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms and explosives, you know, the ATFE um, organiz uh, organization. And, you know, we are FFL holders. We own AZ Firearms here in Arizona, and we go through audits a couple times a year. And sure. when I think that the culture that's going to start filtering down to the field agents that come in to do our, our audits, I feel like we can cross every T twice, dot every I, double, and 
it, mm-hmm. they're going to find something uh, to to create a situation that we're we're not able to continue to be in this business. It's, it is frightening. It is. And the only good thing I can say about Shipman's nomination is that he had been such an active activist, if you'll excuse me saying that, that we know what his thoughts are and how he feels, because he's there's tons of congressional testimony, stories he's written himself, and media interviews of him. We know such things, for example, he, he wants to take every AR and have that transferred under the regulatory of, of NFA, which is a joke. They can't handle the suppressors and, and SBRs that are going through right now, much less you add, uh, what, 80, 90 million new rifles under NFA? That's a joke. Plus, yeah, what does it say about Nine months to him? do a transfer. Nine months. Is that what you're waiting on out there or, If it's not dealer to dealer, it's nine to 10 months for a transfer. Can you imagine what it's going to be if they open the gates? Yeah. And that's why they it's want that because years. now there's going to be this this bottleneck and they're going to be like, oh, well, we're sorry. We're just overworked and we're doing the best we can, right? Exactly. And then exactly. they'll argue they'll argue that back in 1934 when they created this act, $200 was really $2,000. And so they'll say now it's $2,000 to do this so that we can fund our staff to process these. It's it's a joke. The whole thing is a joke. And then it's the magazines. Joke. It's a dangerous They joke. want to yeah. register the magazines? Could you even come close to imagining how you would register a magazine that doesn't even have a serial number on it? No. And at 200 bucks, let's say they keep it at 200 bucks for magazines, plus my guns, I'm looking at a hell of a lot of cash. Of right. course, I would never comply. I would think that the first thing they would do is like they did with amnesty that you could register it without paying the tax and then the next time that would make it a softer blow for some people maybe not to me and to be honest with you i know several people that if you said that it was a 200 hundred dollar tax on your magazine they'd say i don't know how many i have Mm -hmm. i don't know where they all are Mm -hmm. i've got some in my truck i got some in storage i got them at the mini storage my friends has right i you know i i have no and i i have no clue you know, so uh, it would be really hard. But I want to just one thing about the ghost thing, the ghost gun thing. Okay, so it is legal for an American citizen or U.S. citizen to build a firearm. It's it's legal right now. Sure. But it's against the law for a felon to possess a firearm. So if a felon makes the gun, he is already breaking the law as soon as he makes that gun. There's probably no law that says he can't make a gun, but he can't possess it. And as soon as he possesses that gun, he is a felon. There is already a law. We don't need yeah. more law. I guess they want to make it more illegaler. <laughs> more illegal. Exactly. Well, I know if what I'm going to dress just... up as Halloween. I'm going to be a ghost gun. A ghost gun. If we could just <laughs> figure out how to make, you know, like assault and murder illegal, then yeah. all of this would just, oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. This just in? Yeah, they already are. Yeah. Illegal. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and if you if you ask them how many ghost guns involved in a crime can you count, they don't even have a number. It's no. not. It's no. not. It's not worth. It's 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 not worth. But it, it's a good feel law, right? It feels good mm-hmm. to the uh-huh. guy that's on the fence or that doesn't care. He said, "Oh man, that's a good thing. People shouldn't be allowed to make guns, and if they can, oh yeah. So it's it's a feel good law." Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Won't do it. Won't do a thing to stop any crime or prevent right. any crime. 
Absolutely not. And so what we're talking about here is the, the level of either just misinformation or lack of knowledge. Ignorance sounds like a, a, a harsh word, but you know, ignorance of the general public and then apathy when it comes to people who do own guns. There's, there's eight to 10 million brand new uh, gun owners out there that if we could help, you know, bring them in with some good information, it could really turn the tide on, on this kind of nonsense that's coming out of the White House. But um, I mean, I know you're doing what you can, Lee, to combat that mis misinformation and disinformation. Um, but what, what do you think are some of the major topics that are facing us today? Uh, and I know Dan wants to actually point you in the direction of your most recent article. Oh, we that will. Just so go ahead and do this and then we will. PolitiFact. So well. launch, <laughs> launch from wherever you want to on all of that. Well, we there is a culture war. I know some folks have said there isn't. And we are at war. People are at war against our gun culture. And I will say that their biggest weapon right now is misinformation. Um, I, I could go into, you know, where, where we stand in the Senate. And thank God we have the filibuster rule. And thank God that Senator Manchin, at least for now, appears to be opposed to changing that filibuster rule. But in terms of actual concrete threats, if we lose him, if we lose his vote on the filibuster rule, the, the, the floodgates are going to open. We're going to lose magazines. We're going to have uh, Senator Feinstein's uh, so-called, and I'm using finger quotes here, assault weapon ban. All of those things are going to sail through the House, Senate, and they'll be signed. We know President Biden is going to sign those if they come across his desk. He has said so in the past. So that is the, the my biggest fear is that he caves or someone else caves on the filibuster rule. And we actually see some of these federal laws going through because I have a lot of firearms and, and I know most people do, most of my friends do. The last thing we wanna do is to criminalize you know, people overnight because in my humble opinion, any law that gets signed, any bill that gets signed into law and instantly turns millions of people into felons, there's only one definition for that and that's tyranny. So that is the very real legitimate threat is where we're at in the Senate. The misinformation campaign, I'm all ready to answer your questions on that. Right. So, Lee, we, we look at the media as, as trying to process firearms as being a, a bad thing and trying to get people away from firearms. And one of the articles that you had commented on, it says Instagram posts at PolitiFacts uh, decided uh, was, was false, is that 56 million defenseless people rounded up and exterminated in the 20th century because of gun control was, was because of gun false. They're saying that's false, right? Right. How, right. how could they possibly, I mean, I know what this is doing. They're trying to convince us we don't need firearms. We don't need them to protect ourselves from a government because that would never happen. But how could they sit there and say that 56 million people were affected, but it wasn't because of gun control? Right. They're saying that 56 million people, and they specifically cited genocides in the Soviet Union, Cambodia, and Nazi Germany, that all of these millions of victims would have gladly walked toward their deaths had they, even if they had been armed, that they wouldn't have resisted. And as I pointed out in that piece, the author, who, by the way, is like 25 years old, most of these kids who write for this PolitiFact, you know, I've got boots older than most of them. Yeah. Okay. They don't have a clue. They're, they have, they're, your boots a, have more sense. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. It's an entry level job for journalism working at one of these think tanks. Uh, and, but the, it shows the, 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 the flaw in the journalism process that there's nobody saying, no, that's wrong. That's that's you got that wrong. There's one person decides that 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 horribly false statement is is false. And, and then they run with it. We know. I mean, just look at what happened in the Warsaw Ghetto. When those people there, those heroes there, fought back against their Nazi oppressors with makeshift weaponry. Now imagine if all of these countries—Cambodia, Germany, all the other countries in Europe that were under Nazi under Nazi rule—and then the Soviet Union. Imagine if all these people were armed. History would have been radically altered. Right. And that fact is wrong. And that is just one example of the misinformation war being lodged against us. That's such an insult to the people that died back then. It's, it's, yeah. it's an to insult me. to our current intellect right. Right. to say yeah. that that anybody could say that it it isn't. I mean, and could you make an argument in a debate, you know, that, well, how do we really know? But as you said, so then therefore you're saying that people are just going to walk themselves right into the firing squad or walk themselves right into yeah. the ovens, you know, uh, how many people are alive today? because there were responsible armed citizens on hand. That's an unknowable number, just like right. what these people are trying to say, carte blanche is an unknowable thing, but to try to, to diminish the importance of the ability to defend your life and your loved ones with whatever tool you decide is best for you, uh, to say that that's a, a non uh, entity in this, in our history, in those histories is so disingenuous. It, it hurts my brain. It really is an, an insult as you touched upon to the to memories of all of these people. You know, and, the, thing and, I, the thing I'd like to say about this is that the people that had firearms and then fought for their freedom died free. At least yeah. they had the opportunity to die free. It's a good point. A good point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, huge and so your your website as you said it is thegunwriter.substack.com i've got it right up here on my my laptop and you know do you write like 10 articles a day because it looks like you write 10 articles <laughs> a day i try to get uh, one or two out uh, a day and uh, sometimes maybe on a saturday but uh I, I mean right now um we are under siege and i'm getting deluged and i have I, I will say this, I have the best readers in the world. They're the smartest and the most switched on. And they, if I haven't written something, I will get inundated with four or five tips about that saying, hey, you should touch on this, you should touch on that. So a lot of it is just keeping up with my readers and, and giving them what they're asking for. There's a lot of ammunition out there right now, isn't there? Yeah. With all this yeah. going on. I mean, they're giving it to us. Oh. I would prefer it. There were not so much, especially when it, you know, right. we look at what uh, President Biden and uh, what they're doing. Uh, but, you know, we, we have to push back, right. quite frankly. We need to push back. We cannot let them, we can't let them, their talking points, which are crap, get away, you know, on, on, we have to push back. We can't allow it out there. Right. Lee, and it's it, the, the readers, your readers, a lot of them are sitting back going, well, I'll just wait. We'll wait till it gets to this point before we do anything. When yeah. you're, you know, we're trying to tell people we need to wake up today. The reason yeah. you're writing these articles is so people are aware of what is happening to us right now and we need to react to it now. Right? 
there is no tomorrow. I mean, we are at war today. That's why, like you pointed out, it's so imperative that they contact their senators. I mean, if, if this cat gets in charge of ATF, game over. Yeah. Game over for everything. How many pistol braces out there are, are people going to lose? They're going to lose their pistol braces. Yeah. And as you know, being FFLs, that's a very popular item. There are oh, millions of them out there. Popular. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, back in the days in the 70s, it I think that the ATF, I, mean, I can't prove this, but it was their goal for every agent to get as many FFLs out of business as possible. Hmm. There was a time that that was their goal to get you to be so uncomfortable with your FFL that you gave it up. Hmm. And I we're going to be in that position again. And the thing is, it's like, how can one company like AZ Firearms fight the atf mm -hmm. I mean, how much money Can't. do they have how much do we have now the new organization the aft that's alcohol firearms <laughs> and that other thing you know the thing the thing they will we might be able to do something with them but it, it, it's scary because it's like you know we just want to live we just want to yeah. we, we want responsible gun ownership we just want to carry on our business and not have these threats and worries that we're coming around mm -hmm. well and one of the things you know we've talked about the pistol braces um and then you know the bump stock thing that was you know not that long ago i think both of those items dan would probably remember this better than i would i think when they both came on the market they were actually uh for people with disabilities they were part of the ada you know helping people that have disabilities be able to protect and defend their life or go forage for food and put food on the table with hunting and, and now they're being vilified and they're being put in a position that you either can't own them, them at all, or it's going to cost you more money, which is now a class issue. You know, only people that have the money to do it are, are going to be allowed to do it. But you don't have to pay for an or ID. Own these things, you don't have rather. to pay for an ID because that deprives you of your right. You know, uh, <laughs> I would like to mention, I'd like to mention that the bump stocks were approved by the ATF. Yes. And yes. the, and the uh, brace were both approved by the ATF. At one point in the past. Well, and I got to point out, I know too many people that sat on the sidelines when the bump stocks went down saying, well, I don't, I don't want one. I don't need one. I don't use one. So I'll just let it go. No. And, and now it's pistol braces. And, right. you know, this is why we have to get involved. What's going to be next? I'm guessing semi-autos. Mm -hmm. Who knows? You, it's all like guns. you're clairvoyant or something it's like how everything. would you even yeah. would you just grab that out of the thin air that maybe they're coming after anything that's a semi-automatic or we'll maybe see. what the whole uh ar-15 is a big scary looking gun thing is about yeah. it's the starting point i hated the bump stocks and i didn't carry them in my store i thought that they were ridiculous that's but but that doesn't mean that people don't have a right to have that fun toy to go spray some ammo with that's their right or to be able to special do. needs right you maybe need that right. so right. And, exactly. and the pistol brace thing the same way i mean to me i think the whole uh nfa thing for short barrel rifles is nonsense we have handguns that are just can perform just as well as any rifle why why restrict any of it now i'm probably yeah, exactly we need to restrict them all now because dan said <laughs> You know, but it's, or here's an audit coming. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. But you know, the whole the, the thing is, Lee, is that it's just like they did in Germany. It's just like all this other stuff. They gradually, okay, yeah. Bump stocks is no big deal. 
most of the gun guys say, hey, I don't care. And then it's the, the, the stock. Well, we don't care about that. Now it's AR-15s. Well, I only shoot shotguns, so I don't care. And then pretty soon it's nothing's left. Mm -hmm. And their goal yeah. is to remove all guns from this planet if they get their way. That has always been their goal, 100% complete civilian disarmament, period. And like a good friend of mine, uh, Mark Walters, pointed out, what is it about their agenda that they don't want us armed for? Mm -hmm. What is coming down the pike that they don't want citizen, an armed citizenry? Right. For? But if we even make a uh, put a sentence like that together, suddenly, well, you're kind of a weird conspiracy theorist. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. That? I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm a historian rather than a conspiracy theorist. I've got a whole bunch of books on the shelves behind me. And I've got this Google machine right here that tells me exactly what happens once guns are registered. Oh, then what comes? Confiscation. Well, now the guns are confiscated. Now what comes? So often, so often. Yeah. It's a genocide. What does the government do once it's taken all the guns? Whatever it wants. Whatever it wants. It wants. And it's I, not crazy. And, it's history. Yeah. You mentioned something there, Lee. I had earlier quoted that I heard you on the Ben Sapero show. I didn't. I heard you on Mark Walter's show. Oh, Mark Walter. Yeah, Mark Walter. I'm sorry. I, I listen to both. And I, I love the, the both shows are great. But that's where I heard your story before. And it was very good. And I recommend that people go back and look at, listen to that story as well. But yeah, we are, we are in trouble. Our nation is, you know, they say that our, our, we would never, not in America, we'd never do what they did in Germany. But it depends on who the leader is at the time. And we just right. keep giving our rights away and just, hey, we'll let the government handle it. They'll do everything. We don't have to worry about it. And then pretty soon now the government has full control and they, guess what? They do what they want. And they're already doing it. I mean, I live in a free state. You live in a free state. But look at what the people are putting up with in California, in New York, in, in Connecticut. And I could go on. Okay, these states are the models. They want this to be a national policy. The thing that scares the hell out of them the most is this, you know, constitutional carry. Now we're coming up on 21 states, maybe a couple more coming down the pike after their uh, legislative sessions end. They want to they want us all to be Californians and New Yorkers and and I'm not going to be. And we need to be afraid Lee because the people that don't like it in California and New York, they're moving. But if it becomes a federal thing, where are you going to go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we have signs up here in Florida to, toward, directed toward those new immigrants. Don't California my Florida with your damn laws. Right. Boy, that's the truth. Uh, you know, we, we say it kind of in joking around here, but it's, it's becoming less of a joke and more of a commandment. Like, right. you mm -hmm. know, you're fleeing something. Figure it out. Yeah. What, what are you fleeing yeah. and how did it get that way? And don't bring that nonsense here. Um, so moving along, I, I noticed and something I so appreciate you about you, Lee, is that when you are speaking in an interview or when you're writing, there's no sacred cows. You are just going to call it like it is in plain language. And the Second Amendment, which is in our Bill of Rights, which is in our Constitution of the United States, it is not political. It is for no. everyone. The fact that it has become political is because we've allowed our, our politicians and our political parties to use it as this, this football to be, you know, kicked around and deflated. Um, but what I see in your writing is that you're trying to educate people to, to bring us back to that place and that mindset where we're, we're not allowing the Second Amendment to be used as some kind of political currency. 
And I think we need more of that. Um, but how big of a challenge is that? Because if, if somebody isn't already sort of in the mindset of, you know, reading about guns or reading about their rights, I don't know that they're going to, you know, stumble on something called the gun writer. How do we, you know, sort of, you know, the way that the other side, the, the rights haters are constantly infiltrating into our family's conversations and our, our psyches, how do we do the opposite of that? How do we infiltrate into their uh, anti-rights way of, of thinking? Well, that is a hell of a question. The first part regarding the, the politicization of the Second Amendment, um, I grew up when it wasn't such a, a political football, but now if you look at it, all the people that want to infringe upon our rights are from one party, all the ones, or at least most of the ones, who don't are in another party, uh, although we have some quizlings and some rhinos on our side too. Sure. The best way for us to get the word out is exactly what we're doing here today, which is cross-pollinization. I don't care if a guy's got a blog with 50 readers or 50,000. I don't care if there's a radio show with a couple hundred listeners or a couple million. We have to promote each other, okay? The, the gun culture needs to be a rising tide that lifts everybody. Mm. Okay, hmm. that is the best way for us to to get the word out. And quite frankly, it's the only way. We don't own newspaper chains that have 250 newspapers. We don't own massive, you know, uh, news networks on cable TV. We, we have ourselves and we are, pardon the pun, definitely under the gun. So the only way that we can at least try and fight this is by lifting every boat up and getting the word out and sharing other folks' work. That's. I love that analogy the, the rising tide, it does rise, uh, uh, rising tide, it does lift all boats. And that's the thing is those of us that are passionate about protecting what our founders wrote, and they even put that, you know, gun rights for dummies clause in there that shall not be infringed thing, you know, yeah. So people yeah. can be like, well, what if, and they were like, no, uh, there's no butts not, in there. I saw it. No butts. Shall not. Not. Yeah. Um, we are fighting for the rights of the people who don't even want their rights. We're fighting for the rights of people who uh, wish that our rights would be taken away. And so that analogy of the rising tide, it does raise all boats. That was beautiful. That was perfect. Yeah. It's almost like so, you're a writer or something. So there, you know, there's people yeah. out there that don't want us to have rights, mm -hmm. right? Well, okay. If you don't want rights, fine, but leave us alone. Yeah. We want to base our yeah. life on the constitution. And if you don't want to, if you want to get arrested and you don't care about your rights or whatever, then go for it but don't take that. Why do you want to take it from us? I've never, and that's a great point. I've never proselytized, you know, in favor of guns. In my humble opinion, if you don't want guns, don't buy one. Yes. More for me. Yes. But the other team, you know, oh boy, they're a little different on their take. They are. And they're so tricky with the way yeah. that they package things and word things. And, you know, we've got like, you know, this group out there called every town. All right. So it's everyone, right. For yeah. safety. Oh, well, who wouldn't want that? That sounds pretty yummy, right? That, that sounds like something good, but then you go, so what are they doing about gun safety? Are they teaching safety classes? Right. So, right. right. Like what, what do you mean about gun safety? It removal. Like removal. Gun removal is what they're right. about. Lee, I don't know how long you've been doing this, many years, I'm sure, but I remember when uh, in the 70s, my dad was very active with gun, you know, fighting for gun rights. And it was a Saturday night special that they were trying to take away. 
And right, uh, right after 68, after uh, Bobby Kennedy was shot, then they said, we need to get rid of all the cheap handguns. And most of those were revolvers. And even the Colt Python was on the list of guns oh. that were Saturday night specials. I have the documents to prove it. That's They were trying to, they 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 hit it in, in the wording. They were after the $29 guns, you know, but a Colt Python was a couple hundred bucks at that time. And they were on that list. So it's- I was gonna say, if you, can find, if you can find a Python for $29, I'll take a hundred of them. I know, I know. <laughs> um, my attitude changed on, on the cheap handguns. Uh, I was doing a story on a, housing community, a public housing community, uh, public housing authority in Wilmington, Delaware that had a zero weapons policy. And I, I got to know some of the people that were forced to live there. I mean, it was terrible surroundings. There's drug deals being committed right outside their front door. These young mothers couldn't let their kids go out and play. And I was talking to one lady, Her, she was a, a sewer, a seamstress, and she had two very expensive sewing machines. And she had a little 25, pistol that she kept illegally well it was legal it just could have got her evicted mm -hmm. because you know she didn't want to lose her livelihood have someone steal her sewing machines and i told her well you know you should upgrade you should get something obviously uh better than this cheap little imported 25 but that was all she could afford mm -hmm. so to her you know that little pistol which you know none of us would ever own um that was the difference between safety and 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 security and and, and losing everything. So uh, I'm, I'm not quick to, I, I wish people could buy better firearms. And, and I know as FFLs, you feel the same way because they're not reliable, right. but right. sometimes that, that's all these folks can, can afford. So that, that kind of changed my outlook on them. Thank God that some of these firms are making them. Right. Well, my, our gun shop, AZ Firearms, we have, uh, you know, I have a strict rule. I don't want to have the junk guns, but what we did is we found the most reliable gun for the least amount of money. Mm -hmm. And that Perfect. gun is around $200. Mm -hmm. It's a lot Perfect. of money still for some people, mm -hmm. but we try everything we can to help them get into that gun because it's not the gun I would carry, but they fire, right. they're safe. Right. And that's the right. key. We cannot deny people that can't afford the right to protect themselves. Right. right. Well, unless you're the Biden-Harris right. uh, administration. <laughs> that's a good story. People, Harris don't, Biden. You know, yeah. people don't realize that, that every type of person needs to be able to defend themselves some have more money than other others and they need to be able to protect themselves and when you hear somebody tell that story it makes you think Absolutely. you know not everybody mm -hmm. can or afford a python yeah well right and, and like i was saying about the the way that the other side the anti-right side the way that they use their language and and their words and that sort of thing it's so easy with the way they talk about things to get people to start doing that, that head bob, like, oh, common sense. I want to have common sense. So if I'm going to have common sense, I guess I have to agree with this stuff, right? Um, sure. If, it, there, there was a big article in the New York Times. It was an op-ed. It was written by somebody who, he says he left the Brady campaign. The Brady campaign was one of these early um, anti-rights organizations. And his name is Dan Gross. Um, I've actually uh, spoken near him at at an event on our nation's capital, uh, at our nation's capital on the lawn of the Capitol building, a couple of years ago. Um, and he had said, "I've I've given all this up. I've turned a leaf. I am not anti-gun anymore. I'm not anti-rights anymore. 
I agree with you who are out here fighting for what our founders uh, left you as an inheritance, your, our constitutional rights. And then I read this article. It's titled, yeah. I helped lead the gun control mo mo movement and the gun control movement is asking the wrong questions. Well, there's a lot of people on our side of the fence. Okay, he spoke at this, this event. I spoke at this event, a bunch of people that I think we're lending him credibility by the fact that we sure. were both speaking at the same event. Um, and then I read what he wrote and it's like, there's some people that are like, oh, see, see, he's so on the side of rights. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. Look right here. He says he really does want to live in a world where there are no AR-15s and that we're banning. Right. Like, I'm like, what, what's happening to my life right now? Um, <laughs> did you read it? Can he's a butt person. To, he yeah, is yeah. definitely a butt, uh, when it comes to this. Yeah. He is a big second amendment butter. Um, I've, I, he's, first of all, his writing is so over the top and so wordy. As an editor, he strikes me as the type of guy it would take him 15 minutes to tell you you're on fire. Okay. Um, but that one paragraph that you read shows exactly what he's all about. He's a gun prohibitionist. Now he may be easy, you know, uh, better and more adept at trying to get some pro-gunners to buy into his malarkey. But uh, I think he revealed himself in that statement. He wants to ban AR-15s. He does not want AR-15s here. Um, and I think that's the truth. I think he, he, I think he outed himself and those that hang out with him and trust him. Uh, it's sad that some of us did, but you know, I, I'm not going to listen to the guy. And I sure as heck wouldn't have you know, done anything with him or collaborated with him in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And so it's creating just even more of a cloud of confusion for people yeah. because they're like, but wait, he said he gave that up. He said he's on our side now. And so we can just gobble down anything he says. No, you can't gobble down anything anyone says. I would even no. say, I love you, Lee. I read your stuff. I think your stuff is great, but I want our, our listeners. I don't want them to ever take my word for anything. I don't want them to no, take your word either. for anything. I want it to be a jumping off point, right? Do you disagree yeah. with that? No, hundred percent. Really it'd be really easy to, to understand that if you just read that constitution. Yeah. It, it'd sure. be really easy that, you know, it just tells you what it is. So, you know, you're either a pro rights or you're not. If you say, but then you're not a pro rights. You're kind of halfway exactly. in the middle guy and the halfway kind of the middle guy is what gets us in trouble. Yeah. You know, yeah. all these, born and, go ahead. The wolf in sheep's clothing. Yes. You know, these people are not our friends. Okay. I've interviewed Sarah Brady. I was in Delaware when she lived in Delaware. And when, by the way, the, the former uh, president of NRA lived in Delaware too. Um, Sarah was a very nice lady totally disagreed with everything she had to say, but she was very nice and polite and very unambiguous about where she was coming from on guns. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, Mr. Gross uh, put it this way. I'm not going to collaborate with him, nor am I going to read any more of his stuff. He, it's, it's clear he outed himself where he wants to go. And he, he's a total, he's a gun prohibitionist. Yeah. And I think that part of our job as communicators, um, you know, I, I use this, platform, you know, it's podcast platform, you as a writer, I think part of our job is to help clarify, right? It's yes. Just, okay, yes, ma'am. This is what this means. This is what that means. And then these other people that are trying to create these clouds of confusion, 
uh, they're going to give us um, job security, I suppose, but uh, we are going to continue to call it out. Well, and you're absolutely right. They have the, the power of the pulpit, the media pulpit, because whatever they say is going to be parroted by the mainstream media. Look at online gun sales. Okay, how many times have they said, oh, we want to stop online gun sales? Well, show me that website where I can get a gun shipped to my home without a background check. There is no such thing. But they, they repeat it enough, repeat it enough, repeat it enough, people start to believe it. Like well, there's a lot guy. of people that believe that. And you know, these 8 million new gun buyers, when they come into the store to buy a gun, I think all of them came into my store, to be honest. But when they came in to buy a gun, they were shocked yeah. that they had to wait three days because their name didn't, wasn't nice to the Knicks, right? So they have to wait. Or they, we have to do this paperwork. I'm not a criminal. I have to show you an address yeah. where I live with a correct ID. Why? Yeah, the news said it was right. easier to buy a loaf of bread right. than to buy a gun. And I don't have to show an ID. Yeah. Well, because the news lies to you. I'm sorry. but <laughs> since, the, since the internet was invented, you couldn't buy a gun in the mail. No. no. In 1968 when, is when they stopped mail deliveries of guns. You had to do a 4470 if I'm correct on that. I think it's 68. And so the internet was formed in the 80s or 90s, I guess. And you couldn't buy a gun on the internet ever, ever, ever legally. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah. Well, and then yeah. uh, go ahead, Lee. Well, it's, it, they don't care. It's the truth has never got in the way of a good story for them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And even you know, a few years back when James Comey was still head of the FBI and the Nix check is, you know, it's an FBI background check, right? Mm -hmm. So the head of the FBI is being questioned about uh, online sales and the process of it. And he was posed a question and he goes, I don't know. I'm like, wait a minute. We are mom and pops, Dan and Cheryl owning this gun store. We have to know. You're the guy yeah. that's enforcing the law. And you get to say under oath, you don't know. It was yeah. so insulting. I, I almost dropped my cup of coffee. And, uh, you know, at the time, we didn't know all that we now think we know about James Comey. So I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, sure. I was trying to say, you know, he's got to know so much about so many different laws and so many different things. And I was, you know, trying to, to help him out. Nowadays, I would just be like, well, Buddy, until you know, then I guess I don't have to know either, right? Exactly, exactly. So. Or what about that New Jersey governor that says the uh, Constitution was above his pay grade? Yeah, Phil Murphy. Yeah. He's a gem. How, how do you do that? How, how I, I bring this up a lot because it irritates me that, okay, you swore to the Constitution when you were elected to uphold the Constitution, but, well, I don't know what the Constitution is. I would say, if it was me, I'd say, uh, I can't swear to it yet. Give me a couple days and I'll come back to you because I need to know what this well, constitutional Biden, thing is. Or like President Biden saying that none of the amendments are absolute. Right. Okay, so women voting is not 100% then? That's going to be bad news. Mm -hmm. None of it is. Right. But no. I kind of like the idea. I keep seeing that floated around about the uh, the one about paying your taxes. The, the IRS is the 18th Amendment, something like that. People are like- Something like that. Maybe that's not absolute either. So uh, <laughs> anyway, Lee, thank you so much for, for being here well, today. My pleasure. We're not going to do a three-hour show. Uh, we need to. Um, come on, Lee, don't go. Don't leave us, Lee. <laughs> no, it was it's great. It's been like a couple of, 
couple of good friends. And I, right. I, I got to tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Me Thank as you. Me well. Too. Us as well. And I know right now that we're we're keeping you from writing the 10 articles that you're going to write today. So we need to, to let you get okay. back at it. But uh, Lee, tell folks how they can follow you and, and read those 10 articles. One website to remember, uh, thegunwriter.substack.com, thegunwriter.substack.com. That'll take you to all my work and all our podcasts and tomfoolery. Tomfoolery. I love it. And shenanigans. And so uh, there's no, you know, tricky spelling. It's pretty straightforward. And uh, I think that uh, people are, they're doing themselves a disservice if they don't go to that website oh, so highly much. recommend that thank you so much lee we'll definitely have you back on again soon my pleasure Thanks, thank man. you both we'll see you mm -hmm. bye -bye. thanks bye-bye you know i could sit with him for hours yes oh my gosh and uh you know i think we have you know a lot of shared history a lot of shared values and um you know, it's, it's so fun and refreshing to be able to talk to people that are of like mind, but it's important as well, right? As we were saying, to, to engage people who aren't already in the know, maybe people who don't, okay, know. they know we please, have a constitution. Could we please have the conversations with those people? Yeah. Please, because we might learn something. Well, that's they might learn true. something. I learn something all the time from from talking. It's just to like people you know, on I, the other I remember side a, of this conversation. A big media thing that happened where they said so many people die from owning a gun, and you know there's some truth to that. Some people do die from owning a gun, but if you have the conversation and you talk, and they don't, they just say you don't need to have a gun, right? Because you could you're more likely to injure somebody in your own family than you are an outsider. And if, if you have the conversation about that really deep and say, well, wait a minute. Well, yeah, there's some cost to owning a gun, training, responsibility, knowing where to put it, how to put it, and when to use the gun. These things all have to, that's like saying, okay, you never drove a car in your life. You get in the car, you're more likely to get in an accident than you're not because you took some kind of training, some advice from elders or whatever. So, but they don't tell you that. So they just want you to be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. Just be afraid of the gun. You don't need a gun. We will protect you. Our government, our police will protect you. Well, so many times, one of the, the good and the bad things about this show, we've interviewed so many people that have had a tragedy, tragedy in their life mm -hmm. and that, the, that they didn't own guns before. Then they decided they're going to own a gun because of something that happened, an event that happened. And it's good to see that they can protect themselves now. Yeah. But it's sad to see how they gone had gone through that. Well, that's the truth. That's so. the truth. But you know, there, there's people out there that maybe they know we have a constitution, but they don't. They've never read it. They don't really understand what it's for. Like, where did it even come from? Was it you know? Did it just appear one day, or did people actually, in the truth, the reality, they fought, bled, starved, and died for the opportunity to even put quill to parchment to write down these rules of engagement, rules of the road, recipe book, uh, roadmap for how, how do we do a nation? Right. And were they all. perfect? No, they were not. Is the constitution absolutely perfect? It's not, but it's pretty darn good. And right. you don't get to criticize it if you've never even read it. So yeah. And you know, it's a good thing. You know what we'll do? Hmm. If anybody that hasn't got one of these would email us with their yes. address, We'll send you one for free, for free and you'll see that 
There's no buts. There is no buts. And the uh, email address is talk at gunfreedomradio.com. We will send it to you for free 54 and we won't price we ever. won't give you bombardment with emails no. we won't give you anything but this beautiful co pocket constitution that you can carry in your back pocket absolutely. and uh share with your friends absolutely all right we've got to get out of here great conversation thank you so much to lee williams yes. uh you know and i love that you know gannett is like hey we're kicking you out and he's actually i think blossoming and growing and becoming oh. um more uh more people are aware of him because of their actions and i just always right. love that um thank you so much for all that you do lee thank you to our listeners all over this planet uh your time is your most valuable commodity and the fact that you spend it with us and learning from the subject matter experts that we bring on this show that means everything and you know what else so means everything you. Hmm. do you know what our next you know what's coming up next hmm. our 300th 300th episode. episode. That's awesome. And uh, I'm not going to give away who our guest is going to be, but but he'll be our it, it's, it's more it's than 300. Or a she. We don't know. We don't know. We're not giving it away. Yeah, we're not giving it away. I'll tell you if you call me. <laughs> All right, we've got to get out of here. If you missed any portion of our show, and you want to watch it on video, go to the Opsland smartphone app, YouTube, or Gunstreamer. If you want to listen to the audio portion, go to gunfreedomradio.com, click the on-demand tab and binge listen to, to your, your heart's content, content, darling. And then until next time, pray for our nation, pray for the people that are doing their best to be representatives to the people, pray for our all of our elected officials all of them every single one of our Leaders. elected officials yeah. am i going to slide that one in today even the ones you don't like dan yeah we need to pray for them all maybe especially the ones you don't like be good to each other just Have... pray that they'll learn what the constitution is and not try to change it it's fine it's been working good for a lot of years let's just leave it alone pray for that be good to each other have a great week and God bless. Bye-bye.